3: Happy
2: Summer
3: Eve. Adele might need some Summer's Eve. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yes, today is the last day of spring. Summer starts tomorrow. That means tomorrow will be the longest day of uh, sunlight, sun up to sundown. Enjoy that. But you're probably going to want to find a pool or air conditioning or something of that nature on one of the hottest days of the year. Uh, I know that the meteorologists. Local weather people can get a little over the top. But um, according to this report right here at KXAN.com, that the uh, the next several days, the feels-like temperature, the feels-like temperature, not the actual air temperature, but what it feels like uh, will push a record here in central Texas. They call it a rare excessive heat warning in effect through 9 o'clock today and again tomorrow. Temperature's over 100 degrees, well over it, and a heat index value as hot as 120. So that's no joke. Take care of your dogs, please. Absolutely. And take care of your...
0: Plenty of water for the pups.
3: I'm just trying to figure out what, what time today at Roy Kaiser Country Club...
0: Do I wish I wasn't there?
3: Get the hose out. ...that you're going to go about. And what, what hole it will be where you say, what in the hell am I doing out 14. here? Fourteen.
0: <laughs> fourteen. I'm fourteen.
3: Uh, maybe twelve.
0: You know, no, no, I'm, I'm pretty good. I mean, like I said, I... What time I is worked, tea time? Uh, twelve. Oh,
3: be playing in the teeth of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I work myself into that. I, I'm outdoors a lot. I do a lot of stuff outside. In my, where I live, I'm outside. I'm always in the garden. I'm, I'm always going to take just, out stuff.
3: I'm going to go over under 12 and a half hole.
0: I went through two sets of clothes the other day, like on Saturday morning. Two sets of just everything. Just take them off, take a quick shower throw on another set, go back out there and sweat again. Well, no. if, you, if
3: you play golf, you know when you get onto the green complex and onto the green, it's the hottest part.
0: Oh, of course. You spend all that time. That's what I mean. Hey, putt, let's get out of here.
3: <laughs> those <laughs> things just eat up. Yeah. Man. I mean, I and don't. you'll be walking off one of those greens. I'll tell you. you wobbling.
0: Know, we talked about Father's Day last week and Thursday and Friday. And I'll tell you what, the, the discussion on, on pools and growing up around pools and the city pool and stuff is awesome because that's where in high school – or when you're or fra- when you're a ninth grader and tenth grader that's where the ugliest girls in high school became the most beautiful things you've ever seen when they would come out in the summertime and they're bathing suit I was like what those say, come from... where come those where what are you thinking about over you... There? No well, I'm just saying it just was I just could remember going It's right a in, rite, of, a rite of passage Yeah it is It's sort of a, a rite of passage you'd be at the pool and the girl that you just looked at during the course of the school year and you'd go, there's not a chance. I want to see. I don't want anything to do with her. She would come out with her friends, and they'd drop that towel down, and they'd drop their little, their little basket down, and she'd walk towards the water, and you'd go, Stop. oh, my. Stop. Let's get married. Stop. Well, let's get well, married. That's, that's where the girl from the public school told me that I was taking her to the prom. She was a senior, and I was like a sophomore. She goes, uh, you'll be taking me to the prom at my high school this year. And she – when she dropped that towel, I'm not sure why that is, but she looked like and the, she looked like she was 26 and I was 14 and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'll be taking you to the prom that's for a sure." That's lot
3: situation. Well, that right happened that you know? night.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was her well, quick. Well, and
3: that typically by the time you realize, "Oh wow, <laughs> I was missing the boat on that." <laughs> by the by that time she's a freshman now. Now she's dating a senior like, "Oh, oh yeah." Oh, man. yeah.
0: Come on, you don't have a chance, yeah, kid. Yeah, no, I'm
3: out. Yeah, no, that's 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 jobless. Why got to scout him out early. Love right. the pool. Okay, I love the pool. I spent many of many a many an hour and oh, day man. at the pool. Actually, still then, never
0: played nuts up or whatever you play.
3: But by the time high school came around, you didn't go to the pool as much. Pool days for me were sixth, seventh, eighth grade, middle school. Yeah, big time.
0: Oh yeah, I went as far as you, the ninth grade. Once you grade. get to
3: high school, then you get driver's license and you can drive places and do things that way. And, and then you got to get a job. <laughs> you got to get, you gotta that gotta get job. a job. <laughs> Got to make money. That's why. they' that, could be I mean, spending they, that money on the snow cones. Most people would say that little 12, 13, 14 window when you've hit puberty a little bit. Yes. Coming into your own. They're coming. Yeah. that's. That, you don't have to have a job. Mom and dad aren't expecting. No, I had a paper route, so I was working, but you you still had plenty of time. They just
0: dropped you at the pool here.
3: Yeah. They were, that, that, you know, not a care in the world.
0: Here's a buck and a quarter. Enjoy it. Get yourself some fries. Good old days, man. Good old days.
3: All right. Uh, also, it's the good old days in college baseball. We've talked all year long on a Tuesday at nine ten to our buddy Ty Harrington. Uh, of course, a lifetime Longhorn, 20 years the manager at Texas State, uh, 25 years in managing. And now, like all of us, glued to our TVs watching the College World Series. There have been just compelling game after compelling game, including last night. Wake Forest rallying from 2 nothing down to beat that really good LSU team to take control of that bracket. Florida, 2-0 on the other side. TCU will play an elimination game today with Oral Roberts. Let's go to the Vaqueros hotline, talk some uh, summer hardball with our man Ty Harrington. Ty, how are you, bud?
1: Well, I'm fantastic, gentlemen. I do have to say and chime in, E, that in my in my career, younger life, I was a paper route person as well. I had a uh, 50, which started out as a 30, 40 paper Route ended up being almost four to five hundred. Nice. Uh, parents and I would throw. Yeah, it was big time, and we had um, it was a little family gathering at four thirty in the morning, and then you can, you can relate to this when it was. You got the papers. That ink would just almost make you nauseous at times. <laughs> yep. and uh, and and then on days that you knew it was going to rain, you had to bag them and yep. put them in those yellow yep. bags or those clear bags, and then and then throw them. And then um, I wouldn't say I was the most accurate thrower in <laughs> uh, baseball, but I certainly would say that was one of my strengths, and uh, and so I, I attributed some of it to. My paper, wrap throwing. I would stand in the back of our '64 Chevy stepside truck, and I would stand on the back where the papers rolled. And my mom would hand one back if we, I was running low, or she was them uh, as we went along. And I would throw them as we went along out of the
0: out of the back, back?
1: Of the truck. Wow. And I can probably say I can. Hey, I, I can probably say only took out. One storm window and two mailboxes in my left <laughs>
3: career. How many? How many dogs did you get chased by? That was always a problem for me. The uh, the, the, uh, the pups. Now yep. you were you were delivering the we uh, Waco Tribune. Is that what we're doing? The Waco Tribune. Absolutely. There you go. I was the Houston yep. Chronicle. That was back when. Uh, Houston was a 2 paper town the post was still going so you could be the post for the Chronicle
0: they have a morning and afternoon route
3: Well that was mine I did the morning on weekends like the early but, but then in the, the this is back when newspapers were, were big time it's uh, where you got your news I had to, I delivered the afternoon route um, through the through the you know all after school I'd get home and do the afternoon route and then uh, even during the summer I'd have to leave the pool. Uh, to go deliver the newspapers and have them on the ground, the bulldog of the, the the afternoon edition of the Houston Chronicle. So Ty and I can relate. But you 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 got plenty of pool time there in Waco, scoping out the ladies and having a good old time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to envision myself right now. Are you? How sweaty you would be right now on your bicycle or motorcycle, oh. or even in your car trying to throw a paper out in Houston. Man. It's you oh, like, right you now. couldn't
3: get back to the pool fast enough. I can promise you that. And dive back in. Uh, yeah, Ty, college baseball, you've said all year, man, uh, the talent level because of all the, oh, you know, everything we've seen with the baseball draft shrinking and COVID and extra years that it's never been more talented. I think, I think it's fair to say when you're seeing the, the best eight teams that have made it to Omaha we're seeing the cream of the crop and it's been some really compelling baseball since last Friday.
1: It's been incredible. It really has been so much fun. I mean, I I, I only can imagine the, the new or the amount of new fans that we're getting as college baseball fans in, in light of what's taking place in Omaha right now and in the production of it, everything. I mean, it's just, it's at its peak than, than, than what it's been, you know, dating back to the eighties uh, when I had a chance to be a part of it as a player. And I mean, it's just, is so incredibly fun to watch, but when you watch these guys right now, like last night and all day yesterday, I'm sorry, the guys that the, the VLO, these guys are, are, are ripping out there right now. is just tremendous. And their abilities, you know, these teams right now that are out there, their abilities with the velo. But to to be able to command it, too, I mean, I, I sat there and just, you know, watching the games between Wake and, and LSU and, and how exciting that was and how, you know, obviously the game was, as you used the word, compelling, exciting, drama, however you want to look at it. But when you start looking at the details of it and how that game evolved, it it starts on the mound with both of those teams and the, the type of pitching, the type of below, the type of command, uh, the type of breakers that these guys have. If you look at, you know, they, they bring in their – Wake brings in their closer in the ninth yesterday. And, um, you know, Cam Mancini or Man-Man-Tier, but I can't pronounce his name, but I'm going to tell you right now, he throws a 2-0. He gets behind the count immediately. throws breaker breaker to start the inning off and falls behind 2-0. He rips off a 2-0 breaker knowing that, you know, the, the hitter was in there aggressive. And then he finishes them off with fastballs. And it just – their ability to execute um, with that velo and those and, and those breakers has just been incredible to watch. And, you know, you watch a guy like Paul Skeens and what he's been – we all got to watch him twice a year ago. We got to watch him catch early in the year when he was with Air Force, and then we got to see him pitch on that first game in regional against Texas a year ago. And his development now after being just a pitcher, not a catcher-pitcher and and just it's just been so much fun to, to watch these guys be able to execute these pitches. You're watching a lot of future big leaguers play out there this, this week in, in, in College World Series, and it is dramatic fun uh, to see all this.
3: No question about it. Yeah, Skeen's the guy that's uh, – you know, they, their team fell the – LSU fell into the loser's bracket last night with that great win for Wake Forest. But Skeen's – Turning heads, he had forty three pitches over hundred miles an hour. Speaking to your velocity comments, I mean, and uh, uh, he's talked about how yeah, giving up the catching, not worrying about it, you know, being fresh, start to start. Uh, he's become one of the best prox- prospects on the pitching mound we've seen in a long, long time. Ty, I mean, the the, the hundred mile an hour heat, but then uh, he's really developed a slider and a change up. Which man, that that combination is is top of the rotation ace kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I again. You're you're looking at guys that – and there's only been a handful, and I don't know who all has been in professional baseball that walked out of college baseball straight to the big leagues. I think one time my dad told me Bob Horner did it way back in the – maybe the 70s, and then, you know, there's been a few guys, maybe Pete Incavay. I don't know. There's been a few that have gone straight to the big leagues, and certainly he's creating that possibility for himself of, you know, does that guy immediately, you know, help a pro team this year? You know, the second – the last part of the season. Who knows? Um, but when you when you look at yesterday and, and the games that were played in Tennessee and Stanford and, and you know, Tennessee with Burns going out there, you know, early in the game in relief and what he was able to do with his VLO as well. And he had really good you know, if you watch him, he gets his fingers over the top of that baseball and really drives that thing downhill and and again a command of two different breakers and you hear people talking about four pitch mix with these guys, and it's true. And, and their ability to execute this. And, and that's part of the reason why you're seeing some of the scores being what they are. And then yesterday was a kind of a typical Omaha day in the new stadium, right? The wind was blowing in. So you sure. didn't have the, the, the dramatics of the home runs. And, and uh, when you get right down to it, in the second game, in the weight game, which I think is probably the most balanced team from top to bottom, I think we talked about that a week ago, just how good their pitching staff and then they've got the back end guy that is so good. But Hurd is is pitching unbelievable for LSU. And then he hangs it an O two, you know, breaker. He threw it right in the middle of the plate and they hit the double. And then you, you see the catcher Bennett Lee, who made an unbelievable play in the eighth inning, um, on his, you know, tag play at the at home plate, which was controversial whether safe out with all of the above. Um, he comes up with a hit and so it gets down, you start splitting hairs down towards the end of those games and how valuable each out and every you know piece of it and how important that is. But when you talk about, and I'm skipping around a little bit, when you talk about the, the play at the plate, the third baseman had to go backhand side and go, he had to create a crease to try to throw that ball on the outside part of the runner. And then that's when you know the catcher made such an unbelievable play with a short, hot pick and tag and you know those guys those are big time plays those are are big league type plays and it just makes it you know just validate not that everybody needs to validate just how good and how cool and how exciting college baseball is
0: yeah and, and, and coach i'll say this at this time of the year and to watch this level of play by by guys in the outfield for some of these runners trying to get these extra bases they are getting gunned out I mean, there there's guys with speed that are thinking they're going to take an extra base when the ball not quite gets in the gap, but a kid backhands it in the field and throws guys out. I watched a kid on first base the other night make a stretch play, which I haven't seen one of those since like McCovey and going way way back. I mean, <laughs> this dude stretched and he wasn't a big, he wasn't a six three guy. He's probably you know five eleven, you know maybe six foot. He stretched and kept his foot on the back like nobody's business. I, I just couldn't believe he and, and he got an, it, got the out on him. But some of the, just the basic. Skill level of these guys are incredible this time of year.
1: Yeah, these are the best of the best. And, uh, you know, throughout the course of the year, there's probably some teams that, you know, are are the same talent-wise that, you know, maybe didn't make it or Mm -hmm. for whatever reason happened along the way. But, you know, Bucky, you're right. I mean, again, I think it goes back to this is an an older college baseball uh, than what we've seen in quite some time due to the draft and due to, you know, COVID and some other things, too. But also, I, I, I believe this. It, there's so much popularity around college baseball right now. This is this is so you know exciting, and everybody is latched on to it. And there's so many more uh, little leaguers playing baseball, and there's year round, and all these different things. We're seeing a better product. But I just think the interest in baseball. So when you have that, then all of a sudden administrators are putting more money into their baseball programs because. They're sitting out there. They're compelled right now. They're watching these games, right? And they're going, well, I want that to be my team in the College World Series. And so you're seeing, you know, uh, universities start to apply more resources and and trying to, you know, create, you know, bigger, better programs. And I just it's just nothing but just making this game we all love that much better. And we're seeing better results. We're seeing better players, older, you know, offensive players because of the draft and different things. But again, the popularity of this is just unreal right now, and 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 it has to be at its highest level for college baseball and people's interest. The T I can't wait to see the TV ratings, and those guys are doing a great job on TV too. By the way, they're they're fun. They're, you know, being those guys are fun to listen to, and Burke, they're doing a great job as well. But it's just so compelling right now, and it's it's drama, it's exciting. And it's just great to hear so many people talking about it and how fired up they are about watching it. I guarantee you even elimination day to day, the viewership of today is going to be exciting, particularly in, in you know the, the LSU, Tennessee matchup as well.
3: That's tonight, LSU Tennessee. Yep. One o'clock today, TCU Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, fifty-two win team that doesn't believe they're you know below anybody. They're a four seed, uh, and they'll try to eliminate TCU today. Obviously, the horn Frogs are trying to stay alive. Uh, what have you liked about Oral Roberts? Is a four seed coming out of a little smaller conference, but fifty-two wins. They bat three twenty-two as a team. I mean, they, they fear no one. This will be a heck of a ball game at one o'clock today at uh, uh, in Omaha.
1: Yeah, how exciting is that? You know, I had a chance to call three of their games earlier in the year when they played Texas State. And I actually had a chance to spend time with uh, Foreman and talk to them about his club. And he had told me before game one, he goes, you're going to really like our closer, the Denton kid. He's a Rowlett kid. He was just an undersized uh, guy coming out of high school who really blossomed physically and emotionally. And, uh, and you know, when you look at him, I mean, he's a 92- to 97-mile-an-hour guy with a power breaker as well. And, you know, he has some really, really pinpoint command at times and, you know, it can put you away with his breaker and his fastball. But um, I, I had a chance when you saw them, you know, they were really good in the middle. Their shortstop center field play was really good. First base play was above average as well. And so when you start talking about the key elements of putting a team together, they had some older pieces that have been in a program, a couple transfer guys that they were able to, to to put in there as well and they just they found that combination. And I just you know you get hot and you get confidence and you get this belief and then you just don't create bad innings for yourself. You don't put yourself behind you know with making errors and, and walks. look at look at you know throughout the course of the year, um, just how many walks were, you know, came about in college baseball this year. I think there was a you know, few more, and there's obviously more home runs than there's been, but they just don't put themselves in those situations. And so I, to me personally, I think the the game tonight between Tennessee and, and LSU is going to be the one people watch the most, but the most intriguing one for me personally is going to be this afternoon game at one o'clock between TCU and ORU. You've got two teams, obviously all four teams are you know, battling for their existence to stay in the world series, but I like to – this first game to me is going to – because I know a lot of these players even more so and the call some of their games and been a part of it, and I'm excited about getting a chance to watch them, you know, fight for to to stay in it today.
3: Looking forward to it 1 o'clock and 6 o'clock. And, of course, Wake Forest in Florida just sitting back watching. Uh, they've handled their business. They're sitting at the 2-0 and o spot, which is where you want to be. Uh, obviously, they are in control of their uh, destiny to try to get to that – that championship series uh looks like a at this point looking like a florida wake forest matchup after that great comeback for the uh, demon deacons last night ty thanks so much bud love the passion love the energy looking forward to more good baseball have a great week let's talk next tuesday
0: thanks ty
1: guys thank you hey and bucky yes sir good luck today and those those three and a half four footers today as hot as it is they all good. Rake them and go to the, go
0: to the cart. Thank you. I'll back I'll backhand those and say my partner said they were good. You're absolutely right. Thank you. Yeah, you
3: make that but you, on the first team, right. You say anything in, anything inside three feet, we're, we're raking and going. That's right. I'm gonna trust you to make it.
0: I don't want to be on that green one extra minute.
3: <laughs> it's so hot on those greens. Especially when you're leaning over and your head starts to oh. ring because you're like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. Now how am I gonna make this putt? You should have just given that to me. Yeah, I mean, he, he, Ty mentioned something interesting that, that athletic departments are investing more in their baseball programs. That's true. But the one thing, one thing is about Wake Forest is they, I don't know this, but as far as a smaller school in the ACC, they used a lot of their NIL dollars uh, that they for their baseball team. They really did. I mean, they, they brought in some, some top-end transfers on the pitching mound. It's paying dividends.
0: to you know, Wake Forest sports are a little different than what it was 20 years ago now.
3: To say the least. Well, and they're in the ACC, and that's, that's part of what we talk about when you're in one of these power conferences. Yes. Team like Vanderbilt, like Vanderbilt is in the SEC. They're never going to be a football power in the SEC, but one of the reasons their baseball team is so good is they they're they're part of that revenue stream that pumps at least to this point sixty seventy million dollars annually into the athletic budget, and that's going to grow with Texas and Oklahoma joining. Mm-hmm. So Vanderbilt is one of the halves, uh, and I'll be interested over time to see how that develops. Right? Do teams use as NIL continues to, you know? Morph into what it's going to be. How many programs do say, you know what? We're going to save some of our NIL money that we're, we're able to raise here for baseball. We're going to put that under our baseball program because we can win that. You know, we can win the. the we're the, not we can, winning
0: the football. Okay,
3: football. You know, that's that's maybe Big what. Nick Fors has played pretty
0: good football in the last couple of years, also. Now, but
3: think about it in basketball and in baseball, where you can. Go try to win a national championship, which, which, you know, if you're Wake Forest, you're getting national TV exposure for your school every night. Uh, your team has a chance to go do something that not been done since 1999. Is the number one team winning the whole thing. And uh, they, you know, they invested NIL dollars in, in some of these guys to come in. I know that is a sour subject for a lot of people, but it's the way of the world right now. And, uh, you know. And Texas is doing it right now. Texas is trying to you know use some Nil dollars to keep the guys that that are on their roster in addition to trying to you know entice some guys to, to come in. I know that shouldn't be legal, but no one's doing anything about it. So, you know, that's how the world of, of, of athletics is going right now. We'll come back. Uh, games today. Good luck to TCU. That's a really good ORU team. That game is 1 o'clock. Uh, good baseball on this afternoon. Uh, we'll pick that up on the other side. We'll reset your top stories coming up. Also, uh, back to some of the pool talk and uh, summer talk, uh, summer blockbusters. Again, it's B&E on the horn.
1: It's Bucky and Aaron.
3: b on that Tuesday. Thank you to Ty Harrington. Good stuff talking college baseball. A couple more games today. Two more teams will be eliminated in Omaha. Two more will stay alive. And as we said, Wake Forest and Florida sitting pretty. Sitting pretty. So, uh, busy week of baseball. Busy week in the NBA. The NBA draft is Thursday night. Fast approaching now with the Spurs on the clock. Continue to talk that. And, of course, with the draft comes a lot of deals and conversations about deals and who's going where. Uh, Houston Rockets have the fourth pick after the Spurs have the first pick. So, this conversation there of where that's going to fall, you know, to someone like Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller out of Alabama, where they where they fall to Houston. I think the Texans, or the Texans, the Rockets would love to see that. Um, but Victor Wenbanyama, of course, will be the pick of the Spurs at pick number one. Uh, and, you know, we'll see. Uh, Brandon Miller, though, the kid from Alabama that got caught up in the controversy, you know, the murder, of course, the murder of a young lady mm-hmm. that he was. You know, according to the police in, in Birmingham, not involved in, but did deliver the murder weapon to the scene. Whether he knew he was doing that or not, uh, obviously becomes a question. Uh, but for me, Brandon Miller, if he were to be there for Houston, I would be all in on that. I think he's he's a six nine guy who's got some uh, some Jason Tatum kind of kind of style to him. Is can shoot the three. Um, that's a, that's kind of a player that that Ime Udoka and the Rockets would love to get a hold of in my mind. But you know, Scoot Henderson would be the perfect pick for them because they need a point guard. Uh, down in Houston, but uh, we'll see. All those questions will be answered on Thursday night from the Barclays Center in uh, New York, uh, with the, the Spurs making that first pick. Um,
0: they can't make that pick quick enough.
3: No, that's already called in.
0: <laughs> it's already called. In.
3: Well, they better. Here, I think here's our we,
0: paper haven't
3: the like. They're already selling Nyama jerseys, aren't they? And then I see something about that. The Spurs oh, yeah. has already set a record for the most jerseys sold to an undra- for an undrafted player. Uh, I don't know if the Spurs, or the NBA have put out the jerseys, but somebody's made them and people are buying them. <laughs> so they're, um, you know, it will become a, a, a collector's item if they don't take him number one or something crazy were to happen. Uh, that's why we don't think that is going to happen. No. So we'll see where that goes. They're also talking summer memories.
0: And Love those summer memories. Summer memories. Good times, man.
3: You know, I, was I grew up in a cool neighborhood. I do know that. And now, you know, uh the ability to and my parents just, you know, go go do your thing and always had fun at the creek or the pool or wherever in the we park, needed to get to. In the park. park. We would hang in the park sometimes. It's got too hot to be over at the park, the swing. I only do I swing on swings yeah. too much. Uh but actually the park is where you'd go over there and uh you know, try to kiss the girls because you get over to the oh little, yeah yeah man get up, get behind a tree you know it was the saying? rose garden where I lived <laughs> where was that
0: I was in Bethlehem the rose garden The rose garden you can hang out at the rose garden yeah
3: did, did you have to pay to go to your public pool in Bethlehem
0: yeah you did it was like a quarter every time every time you couldn't
3: get like a pass
0: Or you can get a summer pass for you you know get a few bucks cheaper
3: yeah we had tags you had to get you, oh, yeah. you're in the neighborhood you're paying your family pays dues and you get you get a little pool tag. And because they didn't want, you know, you want just any Joe, Joe, whatever off the streets walking into your neighborhood oh, no. pool, right? Oh, no. Got to regulate a little bit. Can't make it a free for all. Um, but so we had, we had the, but it didn't cost us. mean, cost my parents, I would imagine, through some some neighborhood dues or whatever that was. But uh, that's been a topic this morning, too. Summer blockbusters. This was uh, this day 48 years ago. The Jaws became the first of the summer Hollywood blockbusters. Steven Spielberg produced, and uh, um, pretty good stuff there. Hey, uh, NFL. So here's the big conversation. We mentioned with the NFL that uh, the league is on vacation, essentially. There's not much going to happen. The mini camps are in the rear view. All the drama last week of Stefan Diggs and you know teams, who's showing up, who's not. All that's in the rear view for now. Everything will kind of take a pause until uh, training camps begin, which will be mid-July and into late July. Uh, but there are some developments to follow, including the New York Giants and Saquon Barkley. Uh, he is threatening to hold out. There are three weeks and six days until the deadline passes or the window closes on the Giants' ability to sign Saquon Barkley to a long-term contract. They'll get that deal done. If they don't, then he's on the franchise tag. He has said he's not signing it, which could lead to a contract holdout for Saquon Barkley. Uh, That is a storyline to watch. Uh, He wants wants to get paid. You think they're going to pay him, Big Blue? Yeah, they will. I, I'll, those, I as you
0: said those deadlines get deals done.
3: Well, deadline it's a deadline driven business. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, the the running back market is such that you know Saquon wants a deal that's that's huge. If you're the Giants, well, let him let him go. Like, right,
2: and go go see who else is going to give you. Go that get money. Dalvin Cook. I mean, you know what I mean. Sign Dalvin Cook
3: or yeah, somebody. Sign
0: Dalvin Cook.
2: I, yeah, but Dalvin Cook also thinks he's going to get like fifteen million dollars a year. Yeah.
0: Send Saquon so he can go to the Cowboys. Well,
2: they need him, right? Daniel Jones isn't the same quarterback without Dan,
0: without no, Saquon Barkley. Not the without team. the year that he had last year. And I'm assuming
3: that is the argument. But now, look, Bri- Brian Dayball, who's the new head coach, and showed last year he's a really good head coach coming in from Buffalo.
0: And I, I got a funny feeling he's he's about more than just coaching. He's about the business of that team now.
3: Well, right, and he didn't draft Saquon Barkley. Um, you know he, but they did get Daniel Jones signed, so they could use the tag to to keep Barkley off the market. But now Barkley is threatening whatever leverage he has to hold out. That's his only leverage here. So that you know that is a conversation. Now there's also talk with Josh Jacobs. You know as a franchise tag player with the Vegas Raiders. You know how's that going to play out? That's a conversation that needs to be developed. Now, David from
0: the Colts is coming on his last year of his contract.
3: Yeah, I mean Jonathan Taylor, great player, but um, you know the value of the position has diminished to such a point that you know teams are more and more holding the line. And uh, you know, but Saquon Barkley, much like you would say with a. A Christian McCaffrey, right? He, he's more than a running back. I mean, he's a great receiver. He's a great. He's just a great weapon that you utilize in a lot of ways. It's the way we talked about B. John Robinson when he right. was drafted in the. You could justify Bijan Robinson being a top ten pick. Some still can't or rec, you know reconcile that, but at the same time, he's not just a running back for us. Tyler Algiers, the rookie, from is BYU, a running back. He's just a running back. Bijan, a weapon. we're, we're going to use him that way? Well, that's how they use Saquon Barkley. Uh, so he wants to be paid that way. Uh, we'll see how they get that figured out. I would I'm going to guess that, that uh, Saquon Barkley would be happy in in New York, but at what number? At what number becomes the question. Well, oh, it's deadlines make gonna deals. Going to
0: be in that 14-15 range.
3: Well, I think for him you do it. Um but for like for Dalvin Cook, probably not. At the at 27, uh, he's not quite Saquon. Cause I think when when
2: healthy Saquon Barkley's one of the 5 or 10 best players that in the players. How, how many more years can you expect him to carry your team like he did last year?
0: Well, if you can do it for three or four more.
2: That's,
3: well, that's if you can do it for three, I mean remember. He's be like he got
0: his he got his his biggest workload was last year. Yeah, they, coming they, off of injury. NFL's
3: you, gotta figure out how to because these 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 deals, you know, they just get they, they get stickier and stickier because the position is losing value, but the player is valuable to the team mm-hmm. but the finances tell you don't do it. But at the same time, the team, the
2: coaches would say, man, we need him. We can't win games without the guy.
3: I, mean, I would do it for him. Same. I'm
0: not going to do it for Jonathan Taylor. I'm not, Jonathan got,
2: Taylor's better than Saquon Barker.
0: Those, those, the, his injuries, his that. ankles, his ankles. I mean, but his I mean, the injuries that he's had, they come up every year. That, Last that,
2: year was the first year Saquon was, like, ever healthy for an entire year.
0: Well, and the problem is when you
3: draft a Jonathan Taylor or a Saquon or now Bijan, you put yourself into that conversation. Cowboys did it with Zeke Elliott. And the, the, the facts would tell you that – the teams that were playing in the Super Bowl last year and the teams that are going deep into the playoffs aren't investing heavily in running backs, and they're able to spread their cap out to other positions and build more depth. Um, gosh, you know, the, the the Kansas City Chiefs will come back this year with you know, Isaac Pacheco as a seventh-round pick as their go-to running back, most likely. The guy they had last year when they won the Super Bowl made a million
2: bucks. The Eagles had three guys that didn't make $6 million. And they let their leading rusher walk in yeah. Carolina because he got a little bit more money. But,
3: but the
0: greatest player they have on their team is not the guy near running. I mean, is the quarterback.
3: So financially, I understand it. But realistically, it's like, well, you drafted the player. It's two overall. When you drafted Saquon Barkley number 2, mm-hmm. you had to know, and he performs. He had one injury year, but he's performed. Uh, he was in the MVP conversation last year. Uh, and the fact that he wants a contract commensurate with that – like if you're if you're Saquon Barkley, you're saying, oh, look, okay, look what the Niners gave Debo Samuel. That's what I'm talking about. I'm a playmaker. They're going to lose me in a lot of places, just like the Niners used Debo Samuel. Uh, but you know, the league has been doing this for years now. This goes back to Le'Veon Bell. Remember when Le'Veon oh, yeah. Bell was a complete weapon for the Steelers, and they wouldn't pay him, and he sat out.
2: I just I don't I don't know what the answer is because well, yeah, he, and he got paid for, by the Jets, and he sucked,
3: and he was never the same player. I mean, but he, that he happens
2: missed. too There's very few. Uh, Few examples of a running back getting paid, getting that big contract, and it, you know, paying off for both parties. I think Christian McCaffrey could be one of those guys if he can stay healthy, and and that he's. But played. I can't think of another. Uh,
3: well, that becomes that's what that's the that's the issue. Like, how do you deal with that? Then this is why a lot of people can't justify B. John Robinson as the eighth pick. It's like, well, you're setting yourself up in three or four years for a big problem. Even if he produces at the high level, then he's going to want the big money. That you're not going to want to pay him, and that's where the league is right now. It's in a like a financial. C- crossroads with the running back position. Yeah, for Bijan,
0: it's not a, a matter of Bijan getting the Atlanta Falcons to the damn Super Bowl. It's about how, if they can win a couple games in the playoffs. They're With Bijan. they're still not getting to the Super Bowl.
3: Well, that, they would like to think eventually they can. And that's like the Giants would
2: like to think, well,
3: with, that, that's with, what
0: I mean. If they're going to pay, they're, they're, this Giants group is expecting getting to Super Bowl.
2: Well, that's why I just, it confuses me why Atlanta would take him so high, even though I know it is such a great fit. Because you have that five-year window, Do you think they – like I, if I was a GM, I wouldn't be drafting a running back that high unless I was like,
0: this is getting me. This, this is going to get us, yeah. Like we over talked about the with the Eagles this
2: year, we talked about with Buffalo if they could have gotten the
3: Cowboys, the missing piece to, right. to put us to tip it over a little bit, and that's why, you know, when they traded with Carolina to acquire Christian McCaffrey, I think that was Kyle Shanahan's thought and John Lynch. Okay, this is the missing piece. We're we're got all pros everywhere. Uh, this can be the difference maker to go with George Kittle and Debo Samuel. And obviously, they may have gone and won the Super Bowl yeah, if their and quarterback you, stays healthy. And
0: you got to give your fans hope, too. You know, you got to give them hope. Yeah, you may not realistically know we're not getting a Super Bowl, but we got to sell jerseys. we got to sell seats. Well, sure, we but, have a,
3: but they're all trying to win the Super Bowl. We all know only one team can every right. year. Uh, and at this point, that's dominated by the Chiefs, who don't have a running back uh, of any regard.
2: Uh, but for but they're another team that drafted they drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire a few years ago in the first round late in the first I mean that was like the last Still, pick and um, they invested you know their top draft pick in a guy
3: well because they thought that was the, the, the missing piece for them at the time if you remember
0: and it uh, works they know what works for them it's the guy at quarterback
3: right he's the difference well that's what I'm saying for think about Kyle Shanahan they made the move to acquire a, a, an undervalued position to put them over the top and if their quarterbacks don't get hurt they very well may have won the sure. Super Bowl. That team with a healthy McCaffrey, Debo, even with Brock Purdy, very well may have won the Super Bowl.
0: To Uh, one Super Bowl and then you don't win for eight years, you're okay at certain spots. Now, that's not the way San Francisco looks at it. You know, the Cowboys should look at it that way. One in eight years?
2: We just re signed our guy. Well, and, you know, the Zeke Elliott contract it still stands as a, hey, don't do that. You still um, had like, what choice did they have in that moment, though? I mean, Zeke Elliott was know, one of the most popular is, players well, in the NFL. Well, think
3: and, about what you're saying. What choice do the Giants have? You're saying so, don't sign him.
2: I, yeah, I mean, at this point. Then the
3: Cowboys shouldn't have signed him. It's, I don't, it's a choice you can make. That's the point. I mean, you're you're arguing, you're contradicting your point. I know,
2: I know. What
3: points? This I would work, just
2: tell Saquon, like, all right, well, go find a team that will trade for you and sign you to whatever deal you want. And if you can't find it, then come back and we'll talk. Yeah. Well, again, yeah, that's it's not how this, it works. This,
3: this is the this is the negotiations that are happening. I'm I'm not pretending to know. And and it, like Dalvin Cook has now said, he's going to wait out the market. He wants to see what Saquon gets, right? Jake Josh Jacobs one thing. Josh Jacobs just led the NFL in rushing last year with the Vegas Raiders. Had a great and productive year. He's a good player. And so yeah, I mean, but but these these running backs are not in a position to say, well, we're we're not going to keep minimizing ourselves. What are we doing? We're very important components to winning yet the market is devaluing our position. Yep. we still got to stand our ground on this. I mean, this is an important thing right now.
0: There are not many of those guys you do that for, and Saquon Barkley is one that you do.
3: And that's why when you and I were in Indianapolis the year he was drafted second overall, I, I one, argued, I was don't the do one it.
0: screaming for him to be that guy. Don't let him pass. I mean,
3: too good, too good, too good. I said, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, just like I did with Zeke. I just, you know, it's just, but again, I, you know, the Bichon thing, You know, we'll see if it works out for the Atlanta Falcons. I hope it works out for Bijan. But Bijan, again, is one of those more than a running back kind of guys. Um, And, and, you know, the the Zeke Elliott story is a tale for a player because they drafted him. Remember, Zeke was drafted at fourth overall in order to extend the career of Tony Romo. The idea Mm -hmm. was Romo was getting older, but Zeke will give them a strong running game, which will allow Romo to play a couple more years. And obviously that didn't work out. He got hurt. And Romo's season career was pretty much over. Right as uh you know Zeke was showing up, well that led to Dak Prescott earning winning the job, and you know those two were, were seen as rising stars. But because they had a young quarterback in Dak Prescott, they rode the tires off of Zeke Elliott. I mean yes, they, they did. They wore that dude out. So you could almost understand when he got to the end of the deal, saying y'all, I did everything you asked me to do. I carried this team offensively, uh, and now I'm asking for as a commensurate contract. I think Saquon Barkley would say kind of the same thing. Like look y'all, you took me two overall. We have never had a quarterback, really. Uh, I, you know, yes, I've had a, a couple injuries, but that's the NFL. You you, you liked me enough to, to draft and me. And you
0: see when I'm healthy what I'm like.
3: And what kind of production I give you on a playoff team a year ago. Pay me. But, again, I get there's – there's no easy answer there because, again, the teams that are winning at the highest levels aren't investing in running backs. Uh, and that's been the case with New England, with, you know, now Philadelphia, Kansas City, those teams – Gosh, that's true,
0: you, when you look at the long stretch and what they've done. Well,
3: that's yeah, You look over a 10-year period, Sure, you know, the top running backs aren't winning Super Bowls. Uh, they're putting up numbers. They're winning fantasy leagues for people, but they're not winning Super Bowls. You know, Tom Brady never really had it. They just rotated running backs through there. That, yes, that's they what did. Patrick Mahomes is doing. Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, and who was his best running back? Retread like Leonard Fournette, who you know, helped them. Then Ronald Jones. I mean, those guys were not highly paid running backs. Uh, they won a Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, You've got to go all the way back to like Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch. For a team that invested in a running back, that it paid dividends into a Super Bowl, but really, the Seahawks became a Super Bowl team when Russell Wilson showed up to add the quarterback right. to the running back, and then and they, they had a terrifying defense. Yeah, they had the Legion of Boom. So, which is what the Cowboys are trying to build by that's the way. Exact, that's what exactly what that's they're a, trying the to blueprint do. Blueprint they have, and guess who was the defensive coordinator there when they were the Legion of Boom? Dan Quinn, who are the Cowboys' defensive coordinator? Dan Quinn. That's the recipe, and I think the playbook the Cowboys are playing from this year. All right, good conversations. NFL on hiatus, but still a chatter conversation with Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, DeAndre Hopkins. Where will he land in the coming weeks? I think both of those uh, free agents, Dalvin Cook and DeAndre, are going to play this thing out and see what the market bears here right before training. Yeah, came.
0: Dalvin Cook's got to be careful.
3: Yeah, for sure. We'll come back when we do. We pick up these conversations, reset this, the the top stories, and get you handed off to light the tower. It's coming next on Beanie. It's Bucky and Aaron. So, Buck, if they asked, uh, if they did a survey
1: mm-hmm.
3: of so Major League Baseball players, because with the uh, Oakland A's on their way to Vegas to be, be a new team there, same team, same franchise, but uh, moving to the, to the greener pastures of, and the brighter pastures of Vegas and the Strip, the question was asked of uh, Major League Baseball players: Where would be uh, the next spot you'd like to see an expansion team or a move team? Which city do you think got an overwhelming percentage of the votes? Not even close. Could you guess? Almost seventy percent of the votes of the players of where they'd like to see a team move to. It's not Austin. I will. No. Say is it in Texas? It is not in Texas. It is Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. Sixty-nine percent of players said the next spot should be, and uh, the best city would be Nashville. Obviously, they already they have a Triple A team there, um, and they've got money lined up. I was just there last weekend. Nashville would be great for baseball. The weather is a little more temperate than than a place like Texas. Uh, middle of the state, middle of middle of the country for travel. Uh, nice airport in and out kind of thing. That's what players are worried about, right? They want stuff to do while they're get out of there. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you want stuff to do when you're there, because you know baseball's got the most rigorous travel schedule of any of the pro sports. Or any, you're 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 on ten, twelve day road trips. You're flying in for four days at a time to play three or four games. And And the
0: Carolinas don't have a team, right? No, there are a lot of minor league teams and stuff there, though, in that area.
3: Yep. Yeah, in Carolina, it's the Braves. Everybody likes the Braves.
0: Is that is that their fandom? Well, the even Braves, in Nashville, huh? even in yeah,
3: Nashville, everyone. a lot of Braves fans. I mean, yeah. the Deep South, the, hmm. because of the TBS and the Superstation. Oh, that's right. Deep TBS, South is all right. Braves fans. I mean, it's a huge. But Nashville would be a good town. Austin only got 5% of the vote, which, you know,
2: interesting. So we already what? got our pro team, the Horns. Come on. Don't need any more.
3: I was thinking about this. though. How about this number, Ty? You know the kid uh, Luis Ariz with the uh, Miami Marlins, who's batting four hundred right now. He had another five-hit game last night. He's over a hundred hits. Do you know how many of his hits are under a hundred exit velocity, which means not hard hit, super hard hit? No, ninety-eight. That dude is the definition of slappy punch and Judy. Every single punch hit. And Judy. I, I was
2: watching really the highlights. Every single hit he had last night was one of those. Just whoop, yep, no. right in oh, outfield. Yeah. yeah, that's that, he's from Venezuela,
3: like Jose Altuve, and they call him the sprinkler in Spanish because he just sprinkles the ball, just <laughs> like a tennis player. He dots it with the ball. Keep an eye on that guy. He is. Uh, a Miami Marlin who's batting and flirting with the 400 number. Still a lot of baseball to go, though. Hey, coming up, it'll be uh, light the tower with Craig Jeff Howe at Disneyland. How do you think that's going for him with his five-year-old or Disney World, wherever he's at? Money, Before.
0: money, money, money.
3: Yeah, you think you come back excited about it or uh-huh. thinking about? Damn, that no, was not cheap. No, no, he'll be
0: excited.
3: <laughs> he loves that. He'll be uh, excited. A family of his, that'll be good. So, uh, but Je- uh, Craig there with to- with Cameron. Uh, The voice of the Oklahoma Sooner is going to be a guest on the show with Toby Rowland talking all things SEC schedule. Buck, have a good one. Hi, Drake. Be safe out there on the golf course for crying out loud. We'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m.